0: and uh, we are a people that believe that god still speaks today and he is speaking about 2022 he's speaking in your life about your focus about your uh, direction in 2022 and uh and it really doesn't matter what's going on out there in the world and how crazy it gets because god is on the throne and he is speaking so so i want to pray for us and our ears that our ears are open father we ask that by your Holy Spirit our ears are open to you, that you do have uh, uh, much to say in these these days of January of 2022. And so, Lord, we are re- we are open, we're re- we're attuned to you, and Lord, we thank you that you're speaking through your Word and through Phil and Melinda and Candy today and into this afternoon. And that with that, Lord God, we will take note, we will listen, we'll discern, and we will follow. Uh, follow you, Lord God, and where you lead us in Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, Phil.
1: Am I on there? God bless you, Living Waters. Good to see everybody. We feel like it's always a homecoming for Melinda and I when we when we are here with you. We always feel so honored. We've been blessed by a beautiful relationship with this house with all the many different gifts of this house. And, and I just want to say, that's, that's what I appreciate. I know that's what you appreciate too. Even online, you can appreciate that this is a place where there's so many of the gifts of God that come together. And couldn't you just hear that through everything that Stephen was sharing, through every word that's been spoken, even through the worship time that you have together, that the many gifts of God are being manifest in this house. And that at the many varied uh, things that... Jesus expresses himself. It's so beautifully displayed throughout the work of this house. We have loved um, over the last uh, many years with uh, Stephen and Delisa just um, growing together in our relationship and appreciating that, uh, that Jesus expresses himself in so many different ways in the, in the various foundational gifts of God. And whereas our gifts and their gifts may be different... But boy, we so need one another and that we so lean upon their gifts and all that they have faithfully stewarded in this house and, and continue to do in, the, in this uh, church family of living waters. But but we need that. And so coming to this house and connecting with their gifts blesses our life. And then we want to share the gift of God that's in us with with them and with you so that if there's. Any part of Christ, if there's any part of Christ, I want that in my life. If there's any part of Christ, I want that in my life. I hunger for that. And I've not closed the door to that. And I've not said no to that. But I've said, Jesus, we want the full expression of you in our life. And so when we we've been so honored to have the open door here, because, you know, since I was a a young child, God has be began to speak to me and speak through me prophetically. And it's a different kind of gift. And, um, and you guys know, I, I like to go back to uh, something that is said in the Psalms. It talks about, now, these are those who are oppressed. Uh, you know, the definition of justice is to lift the heavy burden off those who are oppressed. That's how the scripture defines justice. So Jesus brings justice to lift the heavy burden off those who are oppressed. Well, then it lists, it said, now these are those that are oppressed. And it says the poor, the widow, the orphan, the stranger. In other words, you see that those who are just going through hard, rough things in life. And this is, and the prophets. And so they're listed among those who really kind of have extra pressure on their life. Jesus said it like this. He, he said, oh, uh, Jerusalem, who stoneth the prophets, that many times throughout Israel's history, when someone would come with a prophetic gift or a prophetic word, that that would be rejected or attacked. We see that at its height in the time of, of Ahab and Jezebel, where that Jezebel spirit made it her... Um, aim is to is to come against the prophets and to attack the prophetic anointing and to kill the prophets you know so much so that they had to hide the prophets away so that they wouldn't all be destroyed and so that's part of carrying a prophetic gift or a prophetic anointing it's not always easy it comes with a lot of extra pressure but that's just one of the parts of Jesus and aren't we open to all the parts of Jesus and aren't we open to hear, even in the last few years as we've seen all the things happening throughout the earth, I have seen the prophetic gift and the prophetic anointing and, and, the, and the office of the prophet really come under attack uh, in like a fresh wave. And so that's been one of our prayers and one of our ministry to the church across the state or even across the region is to help people understand that that is what the enemy the enemy hates the prophetic gift. You know, just as much he hates all the gifts, but there's just extra pressure sometimes on that. God was so kind to me to connect me with my beautiful wife, my better half uh, for for many years now. And she's got that beautiful gift of a minstrel and a psalmist and a worship leader. And so many times throughout scripture, you'll see God couple together the 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 worship and the prophetic. Have you all noticed that? Uh, For instance, you know, one time when the king asked Elisha to come and prophesy because he was going into an important battle, he said, well, bring me a minstrel, bring me a musician, bring me someone that releases the sound of worship, because in that place of the sound of worship, that's where the prophetic begins to just be heightened and come forth with more power. And, And so he wanted a minstrel to come and play and sing while that gift of the prophetic began to operate. We see that at its height during the life of David, who for 33 and a half years, the exact period of the life of Jesus, David raised up night and day prayer in the earth, what's called the Tabernacle of David. And during that time, as they sang and played music 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, for 33 and a half years, they said God brought in the people and the prophetic gift began to be manifest. And, and and God began to declare the kingdom of God on the earth. And, and David was able to establish what we call the throne of David. But from that time on, uh, the Messiah was going to come and sit upon the throne of his father David. So David was establishing a kingdom foundation and a kingdom throne that one day the Messiah would come and sit upon that throne. You know what I'm talking about? You can see that very clearly as we've come through the Christmas season. Uh, Isaiah chapter 9, it talks, you know, the the beautiful verse, for unto us uh, a a child is born, unto us a son is given, and and upon his shoulders the government would rest. You you understand what I'm talking about? (gasps) Wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace. But it says that he would come and ascend to the throne of his father David. So David knew... Learn from God that beautiful power of the prophetic and worship working together. And this afternoon at three o'clock when we come back, um, we're going to be sharing a little bit that throughout the years for the last 30 years. My wife and I have done ministry together over 30 years and we have raised up the house of prayer, worship, the prophetic, the apostolic, the gifts of God operating and, and that's exactly what Amos 9-11 said would happen in the last days. God said, I will raise up again the tabernacle of David that is, has that is fallen. Excuse me. And that God would use that to bring in the remnant of all those that are called. So Melinda, uh, she's been training and raising up young musicians and singers and worshipers for the last, you know, 30 years uh, who will be a part of this tabernacle of David. And this release of the gifts of God in the earth. Excuse me just a moment. I might have to do that a lot. Boy, I got a lot in my heart, so I'm going to hit the ground running. A lot of things to share. I'll speak fast if you'll listen fast. Amen? But uh, mainly when we come back at 3, she'll, she'll be talking a little bit about how the uh, intercession and the worship works together. And, and, and Kenny and I will be sharing as well. But then we want to pray and worship with you. And we want to pray for your intercessors and, and uh, those would be a part of that, anyone that wants that. But God has been so faithful, Stephen, throughout the years of, as we have prayed over Living Waters Church and over the, the, the people of God and the gifts of God that are here to just give us strong, clear, prophetic words for this house. I was even thinking when you were talking about the, um, you, you mentioned something about the, uh, the wells. You mentioned the word wells. Yeah, and that was a, a prophetic word. Some of y'all remember that. That was a strong prophetic word God gave me several years ago over this house. That God was opening up uh, 12 wells uh, of revival out of, you know, Isaiah said that with joy we shall draw water out of the wells of salvation. And and it was a supernatural, man, I, don't, I wish I don't have time to go into that story, but it was a supernatural uh, uh, journey that brought us to, and it started in Israel. We were in Israel, uh, I think, in 99, and God gave this uh, incredible prophetic picture of the wells being released, 12 wells that watered the nation of Israel. This prophetic artist had painted it, but somehow it ended up in our living room and a prophetic word for this house. And and so God is so faithful in that. And and, and I, I know he's been faithful about it this year as well, particularly, in fact, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Psalm 122. And um, some of you will recognize it immediately. Psalm 122 is the prophetic psalm for this year, for 2022. And Someone might say, well, what does that mean? You know, the prophetic psalm. Going back many, many years now in our life, we realized that God was speaking prophetically through the Psalms over the years and that there was a clear prophetic picture that would come out of the songs uh, of David and the Psalm book of Israel that spoke into the season that we we're in. I'll give you a good example of that. For instance, in Psalm uh, 48, a very particular uh, flow of what happens in Israel. And in 1948, you know that Israel was restored again as a nation. And you can see that prophetically display, displayed in Psalm 48. Well, that has happened throughout the years. So much so, you know, we could go back, I could, I could write a book on all the different ways that the psalm for the year just connected to things that God did in that year. But particularly, Psalm 122 has been very important to us for the last couple of years. Because several years ago, God began to lay on our heart in the house of prayer, the Psalms of Ascent. Have you heard that terminology before? The Psalms of Ascent. And it starts in Psalm 120, and it's uh, 15 psalms. And it was the, the songs that Israel would sing as they were ascending up Mount Zion to the temple. And those 15, just like there's stairs here going up onto the stage, there were stairs going up into the, into Solomon's temple. Fifteen stairs, in fact. And as they would take uh, one of those steps up, they would then declare one of the Psalms of ascent. They would start with Psalm 120. Then they'd go up a stair and they would declare Psalm 121. And then they would go up another one and it was Psalm 122. Fifteen stairs leading up into the presence of God. Before that, they would sing those psalms as they were ascending from the low ground all around Israel for the the feast, there was three times a year when all of Israel would gather in Jerusalem, and during those times they would sing those psalms as they were ascending from the low land up into the hills around Jerusalem, they would sing those psalms of ascent coming up into the high places of God, coming to His presence. So the Lord really began to lay on my heart a few years ago, and Melinda and I He began to hear this and write it and sing it in the house of prayer that God was giving a prophetic picture for the body of Christ through these Psalms of ascent. And that there would be a moment when the church would begin to come into a prophetic moment that God wanted to do in his people in these last days. And it was an incredible kingdom dynamic of God restoring the kingdom that Jesus talked about, and that Paul talked about, and that John talked about, and that and that, Je- and that David wrote about the kingdom, and this kingdom dynamic being restored to the body of Christ. So I want you to read it with me, Psalm 122, the prophetic psalm for this year, because I think it has some very important things to say to this house, and really through you, to the body of Christ that God has sent you to and, 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 and directed your hearts for. It says, I was, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. How many could say amen to that? I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compacted together where the tribes go up and the tribes of the Lord into the testimony of Israel to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. For there, there are set thrones of justice, the thrones of, here it is, the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Who's ever done that right there? Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I know that has been a mandate over this house for many, many years. Amen? To pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And and he says, they shall prosper that love you. Man, that's an important thing to note. They shall prosper that love you. Peace be within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. For my brothers, my brethren, my brothers and sisters, and companions' sakes, I will now say, Peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. So, Father, I ask you, O King of the universe, to bless your word. And Father, I pray that I would just be dead and hidden in Christ. No man would see me or hear me. They would only see and hear you. Lord, as your word brings forth revelation to your body and moves us forward in the works of your kingdom, we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. We've been praying a lot this week, so I apologize drinking more water than normal, but we've been uh, on several assignments of prayer. As Stephen said, we're going to be doing a prayer focus in uh, in Lexington next week, but prayer focus is something that we've been doing for the last uh, 20 years, over 20 years now, and we've been traveling across the state of Kentucky, uh, and we've been going to cities and getting pastors praying together and business leaders praying together and governmental leaders praying together. And that's been one of the assignments of our life is is to do the Kentucky Prayer Focus. And and uh, it came under a lot of attack during the pandemic, not able to meet as much. But we kicked off uh, a fresh thing back at Cane Ridge in September, and we're going to be meeting in Lexington uh, next weekend. But I want to mention that because I know this is a house of prayer. This is a place of intercession. This is a place where people pray and seek the Lord. And that I, I want you to continue to connect with us as we believe that through the power of prayer, God is transforming lives like this young lady that testified earlier. God is transforming our sons and our daughters through the power of prayer. And then in the place of prayer, our lives are changed. We're transformed so that we can transform others. I like Fran Chapin's definition of prayer. He said... Prayer is when you ask God what he wants to do in the earth, and then you ask God to do it. And someone said, well, if you're asking God what he wants to do, and then you're asking him to do it, why does he even need you? You know, he could just cut out the middleman and do what he wants, you know. But how many of you know the Bible says that, that God has given the earth to the children of men? that we are stewards over the earth and that God's not an Indian giver. He gave authority to the body of Christ to do his will in the earth. And so when we engage in this conversation with God in intercession, we're asking God, God, what do you want to do in Shelbyville or in Shelby County? What do you want to do in our family? What do you want to do in our life? And as we ask him We should be spending a whole lot of time in prayer listening to hear what God says. When I was a young Christian, I would spend 90% of the time talking and 10% listening. And the more over the years that I've grown with God, now I spend, you know, 10% of the time speaking and 90% of the time listening, hearing what God is saying. And then as he tells me what he wants to do in a life, in a family, in a city, in a church, then I begin to ask the Lord to do what he wants to do in those and give very specific. And then that's a partnership between heaven and earth. Jesus said to pray it like this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What God has seen and what God has declared and what God has released, he wants us to come into agreement with that on the earth. And so here in this beautiful psalm that talks about Israel, I want you to understand that this is such... A prophetic moment for the people of God, you know some of y'all who follow this, you know that the decade that we 're in the hebraic uh, calendar is different than the Gregorian calendar, but in the in the Hebraic calendar, this is the year fifty seven eighty two you guys know what i 'm talking about there there 's always a prophetic word picture about uh, what god has declared all the way, you know, when he's establishing Israel and establishing the earth, he's he's speaking prophetically into the future, uh, and and the the decade that we're in is the decade of Pay. It's a Hebrew letter P E Y is how it's uh, you can you know you can look into a Hebrew alphabet and see that. But Pay is a picture of the mouth of God. So this whole decade that we're in, it's the mouth of God speaking into the earth. It is the mouth of God declaring things to the people of God. How many of you know, Jesus said, I only do what the Father is doing. I only say what I hear my Father saying. And and here in this decade of pay, you know, we're really focusing on what the Father is saying. But then, the last uh, number in that... In that prophetic uh, picture is the, number, is the number two, which is the Hebrew letter bet. B, uh, bet or B-E-T-H or B-E-T, different ways that people... It means uh, house. It means a house. The house that God wants to build. Jesus said, in my father's bet, in my father's house, there are many rooms. There's room for everybody. I go to prepare a place for you in my father's house. So that last letter, the letter Beth is talking about God speaking into the house of God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So this is so important that we understand that God is building a house. Don't you love in the history of David, David said to the prophet one day he says I want to build God a house. And the prophet Nathan You know, said, do all that's in your heart. You know, he's excited. David wanted to do something for God. He Do all that's in your heart. But before he could get out of the courtyard, God spoke to him and said, no, you go back in and you tell him, uh, in other words, it's not going to be in your life, but it's your son. It's the next generation that's going to build this house. You know, and of course, Solomon's temple was the glory of the earth. But watch this. God was saying, and you can read it there, that God was saying to David. You want to build me a house, but I'm telling you, David, I'm going to build you a house. I'm going to establish a house and a lineage of David. And through that lineage would come the Messiah. But guys, it's bigger than that. And we have to have the prophetic insight to understand that when God's talking to David about building a house, he's talking about building a lineage through the Messiah. And and we are a part of that house of God. In other words, the Word of God says... That we are living stones that is building up the house of God. And so this prophetic picture that we see in Psalm 122, as we're ascending in the, into the presence of God, we have to see that it has directive to it. But I, I want you to understand that there's a timing that the mouth of God is speaking into the house of God to become the building of God, to become the city of God. Amen? Amen. And the Bible says that Abraham, the father of the faithful, looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. You see, this is our mandate, is to begin to establish or work with God in the earth to do what He's doing in heaven. Wow. You know, uh, there's this incredible picture of uh, the kingdom And we see it displayed in in the book of Revelation. We've just come through 2021. In Revelation 21, we see a picture of John said, I was taken up onto a high mountain and I saw a city coming down. Anyone know what I'm talking about? And it was a new Jerusalem. Hallelujah. And he saw the architecture of that city. And you know what John said? It was a city that was built or prepared like a bride. Have y'all read that? That's an interesting Greek word that's used there. Uh, That word prepared or or, uh, designed. It's it's only used a couple of times in the New Testament. It's used in Matthew 25 when it's talking about the kingdom of God. Jesus said, for those, he said, "When, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you visited me. He says, "Come and enter into the joy of the Lord. Enter into the kingdom that was prepared for you from the foundation of the world." Now that word in the Greek, it's, it, I'm going to mess up this 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 pronunciation, but it's something like ediomessmenon, and ediomessmenon means the the, the the is something that is particularly designed or prepared for a certain purpose. And so in as Jesus is talking about it in Matthew 25, he says enter into the kingdom it has been designed or prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Can you get a hold of that? So then John in Revelation 21, he sees this city coming down and he and he says it was adomasmene it was designed or prepared to be like the bride. Is anybody hearing me today? There is a prophetic picture, Galisa, that is saying that the the kingdom of God, as it is being displayed through the bride of Christ, it will look like the new Jerusalem. Can can you all hear what I'm saying? And so this city, this new Jerusalem that Paul says in Galatians chapter 4, he said, this new Jerusalem that is from above is like Sarah. It births the children of promise, right? And he says, she is the mother of us all. Have y'all read that? Galatians 4? The new Jerusalem is the mother of us all. And, and he goes into this incredible, this incredible uh, thing saying, it's a revelation of Isaiah 54, When God says, he's prophesying to Isaiah and he says, Sing, O ye that were barren, because you're going to produce and you'll produce more than the ones that look like they were having lots of children. Now, I want you to show the importance of that for a second. Isaiah is saying and Paul is confirming that God is speaking to the new Jerusalem in Isaiah 54. Now, if you'll read the whole chapter, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about, because he begins to describe what she looks like, and it looks like the description that John's talking about in, in Revelation 21. But he says to her, God speaks to the new Jerusalem and says, you don't have any kids right now, <laughs> but you're going to have some children as you begin to sing, and you'll have more children than any other city in the universe. And listen to this. This is this is so good because what he's telling her that though you've had not birth anything yet, this new Jerusalem who's called the mother of us all one day is going to have is going to have a child. And you know who that child is for unto us, a child is born and unto us, a son is given and his name will be wonderful counselor. Mighty God, the everlasting Father, the prince of peace. And listen to what the word of God says. Said he was the firstborn among many brethren. Are y'all getting this? So the new Jerusalem, the mother of us all spiritually, the firstborn of the new Jerusalem is Jesus, but he's the firstborn of many brethren. So much so, then in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says, and, and again, you say, how does Paul know this? Well, he's ascended. He's done the ascending, those Psalms of ascent. He said, I, I knew a man 14 years ago, whether I was in the body or out of the body. I don't know. God knows. But 14 years ago, I knew this man in the body or out of the body. I don't know. But he said he was taken up into the third heaven. Y'all, y'all tracking with me? And he was shown things not lawful for a man to utter. He's talking about himself. And he, he was, he's seeing this new Jerusalem. He's seeing the throne room of God. He's seeing all these things. And listen to what he says in Ephesians 2. He says, we are seated together with him in heavenly places. The body of Christ. Is seated with him in heavenly places. That's your eternal place, where your spirit is. Oh man, this is so good. I, I so what I want you to understand that is Psalm one twenty two is talking about the Psalms of ascent and coming. Coming up into the presence of God, coming into a third heaven revelation of the body of Christ, coming to understand that there is a city and a kingdom whose builder and maker is God, and that bride is designed like that city. Are y'all with me? Listen to what he says. John said, I saw she had 12 foundations, and written on the names of those 12 foundations were the 12 apostles. Have you ever wondered about that? You know, the Bible says that Jesus one day took a loaf of bread in an upper room and he broke that bread and began to hand it out, Sally. He gave a piece to John. He gave a piece to Peter. He gave, you understand, he gave pieces of bread out to these these disciples, these apostles. You know, when Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil, the devil said, why don't you take these stones... And make them into bread. I got to get over in my spot. The uh, why don't you take these stones and make them into bread? Jesus wouldn't do it. Why? Because it's his job not to make stones into bread, but to make bread into stones. And it says those same guys he handed out these pieces of bread and he said these words. This is my what? Body. This is my what? This is my body that is broken for you. That same Jesus prays a few chapters later and says, Father, would you make them one even as you and I are one? Take those pieces of bread, bring them back together as one body. But oh, it gets better than that. Because those 12 guys who got those pieces of bread It says, their names are written on 12 foundations of precious stones. They're they written on the foundations of this new Jerusalem. And that's why the Bible says that the body of Christ is founded on the prophets and the apostles. You know what I'm talking about. So I want you to understand, this beautiful architecture of heaven is describing what the body of Christ will look like as we move to the end of the age. God is restoring the body of Christ to a true kingdom dynamic. Wow. And of the increase of His kingdom, there shall be no end. Uh, The increase of His government and kingdom. Amen? So watch this. When He's talking about Jerusalem, not only is He speaking that we need to pray over natural Jerusalem, isn't it interesting in Galatians 4... That Paul talks about natural Jerusalem and he talks about spiritual Jerusalem. He talks about the one that's in the flesh and the one that's in the spirit. Y'all buckle your seatbelts. I'm about to lay some truth on you for a moment. He says the one that's in the flesh is like Hagar. And said that if it said that her children are often born into bondage. What was he talking about? He was talking about that when the Messiah came and preached and came to his own, they rejected him. He came unto his own and his own received him not. He was despised and rejected by Israel, even though he spent three and a half years preaching to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And this natural Jerusalem rejected the Messiah. He said they're like Hagar, they're in bondage. What were they in bondage to? They were in bondage to the law, they were in bondage to religion, they were in bondage to unforgiveness and bitterness and hatred and division and strife and fear. But but Paul says, oh, but there's a, a new Jerusalem, a heavenly Jerusalem, a spiritual Jerusalem, and she is like Sarah. When she births something, it's the children of the promises of God. Somebody get excited that we, the people of God, are being called to make up this spiritual house, this spiritual city, whose builder and maker is God. And we will be those who move in the promises of God. Do you understand? So here we are at this prophetic moment. That's why I get so excited. And here we are at a house that has loved Israel and traveled to Israel and blessed Israel. My wife and I have done the same because we we believe there's going to be a great harvest in the land of Israel and that there will be many uh, who are natural Jews that will come to Christ in this last day. Unprecedented, precedent of the kingdom is what we believe. And that's why we sow there. That's why we pray there. That's why we give there and have for the last 30-some years of our life. But it's even... It's even greater than that, because as you see Psalm 122, you understand he's not talking just about blessing natural Israel or blessing natural Jerusalem. It's physical. He's talking about that other city. He's talking about a restoration of the kingdom dynamic that Christ instituted in the earth. The first thing that Jesus did was gather those 12 so that we'd see This is not just going to be a a single gift, but a multi-gifted move of God, where all the gifts of God work together in a kingdom dynamic. That's why I get so excited. You talk about working with other churches, working with other ministries, moving together, not divided, but united. God is bringing together the body of Christ, and you know what he's doing? He suddenly begins to honor the gifts that have been hidden in the closet for so many years. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? You know, what I love is there's a house here that is open to the prophetic gift. They're open to the apostolic anointing. They're open to the evangelist, to the teacher, to the pastor, the fivefold ministry. Oh, but it doesn't stop there. Because Ephesians 4 said that he gave what Jesus, he, he first descended, conquered death, hell, in the grave, and then he ascended into the very presence of God, and then he began to give gifts to men. Have y'all read this? And he gave pastors and prophets and apostles and evangelists and teachers. But what were they to do? They were to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. Woo! Hallelujah. They were to equip the saints. So, how many foundations were in the New Jerusalem? It was 12. So, five-fold ministry is not enough. It's just five of those 12 foundational gifts. So in Romans 12, Paul begins to talk about some other gifts. And I, I call these the utility gifts because they, t- they are the gifts that the, they're not just the fivefold ministry, but they're the gifts that the whole rest of the saints of God are equipped and trained to do the work of ministry. And I like this, he says, because when that starts happening, oh, this is getting exciting, when that says, he said, you'll move to the measure of of the fullness of the stature of Christ. You know what I call that? Full-grown Jesus. Amen. We'll be operated in full-grown Jesus. All 12 of the foundational gifts operating in the body of Christ and a true kingdom dynamic coming forth in the earth. What I want you to understand, this is so important. That's what this passage is talking about. And guys, this is the prophetic word over this year. Can you hear me? You know... I like to refer to three passages in Colossians that will really help us to nail this down. One's in Colossians 1, one's in Colossians 2, the third one's in Colossians 3. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, it talks about that it is Christ in you that is the hope of glory. Christ in you. It's you operating with Christ, right? Oh, but it gets better. Move into Colossians 2, verse 20. He says this, For I am crucified with Christ. How many of you know you've been crucified if you're born again? I am crucified with Christ, and yet I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. What did chapter 1 say? It's Christ in you that is the Hope of the glory of God coming on the earth. Amen. The glory that Isaiah 60 talks about that arise and shine and the glory will come upon you and the nations will be drawn to that glory. So then you get to Colossians 3 and then maybe this is my favorite one. In Colossians 3, he says, he says, listen, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Are y'all with me? In other words, what he's saying is, don't judge by what you see with your eyes. Get your vision into a third heaven revelation of what's happening. Begin to see the new Jerusalem, and then it is a design, an architecture, and a blueprint for the body of Christ in this hour. And he says, set your affection on things above, not things that... He says, for, I love this part, for you are dead. Did you know that? For you are Dead. And your life is hidden, where? In Christ. Where are we seated? With Christ. Where at? In heavenly places. Oh my, let me just declare this prophetic word God spoke to me in the last last several weeks. He said, declare this over the body of Christ. This is the year when my people will become aware of Christ consciousness. Let me say that again. Very strong. Woke me up in the middle of the night. He says, listen to me. Say to my people, this is the year when my people will become aware of Christ consciousness. Listen, for me to live is what? Christ. But to die is what? Gain. Because then I just I move into third heaven operation of these things. But watch this. I got to go back. So he says, for you are dead. You know, I, I heard a, a ministry recently. I got to hurry. Can you all give me just a few more seconds and, and I'm going to wrap this up. But I heard a ministry recently saying, well, you know, I, I don't know about all these people talking about gifts in the body of Christ and miracles and, you know, spirit and all this, you know, I want to be saved and I'll take Jesus, but all that other stuff. You know, I just think that's that's just extra. I think that passed away in the book of Acts. You know, there's none of that stuff today. Have you all am I the only one that's ever heard anything like that? Heard that spoken the other day. And I mean, strong, the Holy Spirit came to me. Strong. When I'm hearing that come across the radio, he's strong. He comes to me, he says to me, he said, you are dead. And your life is hidden in me. He said, and I'm still operating in all of my gifts. I am still operating in all of my miracles. I have not stopped one of my operations in the earth. Nothing has passed away that I have doing because I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. If you are in Christ, you have access to all of Christ. Can I ask you, which of the parts of Christ do you want to get rid of? Somebody be honest with me. Which of the parts of Jesus do you want to get rid of? Are you jettisoning His love, His forgiveness, His miracles, His signs, His wonders, His goodness, Somebody help me. Listen, do we want all of Christ? Do we want all the gifts of God? Do we want all the foundational things of God operating in our life? This is the year of the glory of the Lord. This is the time, the acceptable year of the Lord, for us to quit being divided and come together as one kingdom, house of God. Amen? Moving in a true kingdom dynamic. That's why there's an urge, Stephen, in your heart, to connect with these other parts of the body of Christ. That's why it's in your heart, Lisa, to speak over these young people. Because God says you're going to pour into sons and daughters. You're going to raise up uh, many generations that will be repairs of the breach, restorers of past to dwell in. It's in the next generation that the power increases and increases as we pour into sons and daughters, the truth of the kingdom. But he says, oh, listen. Now, are y'all beginning to see how Psalm 122 begins to take on a fresh perspective, a fresh perspective? prophetic unfolding of what God's doing in the hour. Listen, he said to me, don't forget to tell them as you're focusing their attention on, on Psalm 122, the Psalms of ascent, of coming in. He said, don't forget to tell them my promise in Isaiah 22, 22. Isaiah 20, you're going to see a lot of twos this year. In Isaiah 22, 22, anybody know what that says? He said, for I will lay upon his shoulder. Whose shoulder? Amen. Y- y'all do understand that how the prophetic works, right? It's not linear. Linear is how Rome thinks. Linear is a Roman way of thinking. I can, I can prove it to you. i got volumes on this. I've studied it out for years. Linear thinking. One night, I had a prophetic dream from the Lord. And I was looking in the dream. I came into this dream and I saw this uh phonograph look like one of those old phonographs with a big you know what i'm saying with a big thing on it i see this phonograph and this record's going round and round as i'm watching it i see the new jerusalem begin to rise up three dimensionally out of the phonograph and as i am the holy spirit leans in and begins to describe the architecture of heaven he said you see those 12 foundations i said yes sir he said he said that's the 12 foundational gifts of my church and then I saw 12 gates. It said there was 12 gates and written on each gate was one of the names of the tribes of Israel. He said, you see those names over those gates? I said, yes, sir. He said, that's all of my tribal anointings that I will use in the earth in these days. And then as the newsroom kept going up, I saw 12 spires. Do y'all know what a spire is? It's a tower. And there were 12 around the top of the city and written on each tower was one of the names of God. I saw Jehovah Rapha written. I saw Jehovah Jireh written. I saw Jehovah Nissi. The 12 names of God. I told Melinda the next day, I said, I was telling her about this dream. I said, I saw 12 towers. I've never read about that. I said, you know, I know, I've, I've read in Revelation 21 about, you know, the 12 foundations and 12 gates. But I said, I didn't know about, and then, and then the Holy Spirit a few days later, confirmed to us, said the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are what? They are saved. And in these, I saw these towers. So what's this? I'm seeing the new Jerusalem come out, you know, three-dimensional. And then, Stephen, I see this rough, ugly hand. It's got like a knife or something in it. I see it come and rip across the top of that record. Just ripped a gash right across the record. And young people my age will understand this. You've seen record players, whatever. But as the armature came around and hit that gash in the record, it stopped and just began to say the same thing over and over again. The record was just saying the same thing over and over again. And in that moment, I heard the Holy Spirit and he was mad. He was mad. He said, that's linear thinking. That's linear thinking. Do you know that for most of human history, a lot of the world didn't think linear. They thought cyclically. Israel thinks cyclically. Their, their calendar is in cycles. The cycles of the Feast of God. In most Asian countries, most you know, they all thought they saw the world cyclically. But the Romans, through the Roman influence, they began to change people from thinking cyclically to thinking linear. And you know, at last, my last study, it says over 95% of the world now thinks with a linear mindset. And, and that made the Holy Spirit, man, He said, that's linear thinking. Watch this. There was a, man, i got to hurry. There was this, this uh, Daniel interpreted the vision of Nebuchadnezzar, his head of gold, that's Babylon, shoulders of silver, that's Persia, the, the waist part of, of, of bronze, that was uh, um, um, Greece. And then from the waist all the way down to the toes. Y'all know it was iron. And who was iron? It was Rome. Rome. Watch this. He says these are ages in human history. And guess what? The Roman influence went all the way down to the end of the age. Roman thinking. One last prophetic dream and I'm going to close probably one of the strongest prophetic dreams I've ever had. And I want you to understand that God wants you to see this because then you'll begin to understand kingdom and not be stuck like a record hitting the same thing over and over again, just hitting the same thing over and over again. You'll begin to move in the cycles and the circles of God. you begin to understand the fullness of God's divine architecture for the church. But in this dream, and Melinda, we're on a a prayer assignment in, in another state. Well, I don't have time to tell you about that, but it was so good. But in this dream... I I see Jesus. I walk into a beautiful white room and I see Jesus and he's holding a bride in a full bridal gown. He's holding a bride in his arms. And he's doing something, but because his body is between me and the bride, I can't see what he's doing, but he's got his hand, he's doing something. So in the dream, I move around where I can see what Jesus is doing. And he's taking his hand and he's right there. Below the heart, right in the side, right here, right here, Jesus has put his hand right through the wedding dress and right into the body of this bride. Just reached right inside the body. And he's doing something, and I'm watching dumbfounded in this dream. So real, so real. And then, that, and, that, and I see, this is what really grabbed me. Jesus and the bride were fixed, their gaze was fixed on one another. She was staring into his eyes with perfect trust and he was staring at her with perfect love and he was doing something and I was watching and she was trusting and he was loving and in that moment as I'm watching, Jesus, who right here, right here in her side, he pulls out a root, a big, ugly, black root and as he pulling it out of her, You know, if you've ever dug a root out of the ground, you know, it has like a stalk and then it has those little finger things off of it, you know what I'm saying? I can see that as he's pulling that root right out of her side. And as he does, as he fully pulls it out of her side, she faints and her mouth falls open. And I'm just gazing and I see Jesus reach up and he puts his hand on her tongue and he starts peeling Something off of her tongue, what's in her mouth? and it's a leaf. and he's peeling that leaf off of her tongue. And then in that moment, as I'm staring, I see a bee, I know this sounds crazy, but I see a bee flying and land on her tongue. and as the bee, Jesus is just guarding all this, as Jesus is doing this, then I look and there's honey all over her tongue and dripping on her lips, honey. And I see that now almost like a tattoo on her tongue is the most beautiful flower I've ever seen in my life on her tongue. And it's at that moment for the first time I look down and I see something on the floor. And as I'm looking to see what's on the floor, I then notice because I had to lean forward that Jesus has a wound a gaping wound in his side at the exact place where the bride has, where he pulled the root out of her side. He has a gaping wound. And in that moment, I know by the Holy Spirit, this is what the Lord said. He said, He is the only one with authority to remove the root because of that wound. He's the only one who has the authority to remove the root. And it's at that moment, as I'm looking down, Stephen, I see what's laying on the ground is a ugly, dirty, old Roman spear. And written on it is something, I don't know what it said, but it was written in Latin. Latin is the language of the Romans. And it was just an old Roman spear. And suddenly I come up out of that dream. Am I forgetting anything? I come out of that dream and I'm just wrecked for hours. All I can do is lay on the floor and weep and weep and weep and weep. And I knew that God was saying, I am removing the root of Rome out of my church. I'm removing it from my bride. I gonna tell you something, guys, when you pray into for the sake of time, maybe I'll touch on this at three, but I don't know if I have time. But when you read Psalm 122, you're going to get so excited about what he's speaking, not just over physical, natural Israel but what he's speaking over the body of Christ in 2022. This is a year when because the key of David is on his shoulder, he's going to open up doors that no man can close. And your Savior, Jesus, is going to close doors that no man can open. No government, no CDC, no World Council, no nothing Jesus is going to shut some doors that no one will be able to open back up. Can you get a hold of that? Doors of fear, of anxiety, of stress, of doubt, of division, of all the rest. He's going to close some doors and he's going to open some doors. Why? Because his church, his bride, is coming into a revelation of who she is. The new Jerusalem. And with the 12 foundation, the 12 gates, the 12 towers moving in the power of the kingdom of Christ. Can I get an amen? Amen. I want to pray over you as I close. Thank you for your patience. Father, I thank you for this beautiful bride and body of Jesus that is here today. This church has faithfully stewarded a love for Israel and a love for the people of God and a love for the natural Jerusalem. They have faithfully prayed through the years over natural Israel and prayed for a revival and a move of God among those tribes. But Lord, we will be so much more effective and so much more powerful and have such a greater harvest as we now come into a full revelation of the identity that You have for us. That we truly are a house. The mouth of God is speaking a house of God. A people of God. A city set upon a hill whose light cannot be hidden. Please stand to your feet, living waters. Please stand to your feet. God is raising up sons and daughters. God is raising up a people whose hearts burn for Him. God is raising up a move in this last hour that we couldn't even imagine what will happen. God has not stopped doing signs, wonders, and miracles in the earth because all the parts of Jesus are still operating. Can I get an amen? So, Father, I bless this house, this house of living waters. And, Father, there's going to be such a greater revelation of Israel and the move of God. Stephen, I want to pray for you guys. Father, that this ministry couple, even a greater, deeper revelation of your heart for Israel, even a greater, deeper revelation of sending missionaries and those in the, and the fullness of all the gifts to penetrate the hardness of that ground or the hardness of hearts. This is truly a time when the witnesses are being raised up. Lord, when those who will touch Israel throughout the earth now so Father Lord you've already been speaking so much wisdom and wonder through this couple but God increase that revelation increase the giftings increase the connections increase the the house of God the fullness of Jesus in their life and in the life of their people Father I bless this house every gift every anointing every gate every foundation every tower i got to say this one last prayer there are some you've been battling sickness i'm just feeling this you've been battling weakness or infirmity in your body if that's you if i'm talking about you just raise your hand right now raise your hand right now i'm going to pray with you right now god says tell them to run in the tower that has my name rafa written on the tower I am the God that healeth thee, says the Lord. Will you believe it? Yes, you will. My body is strong. My body is strong. My mind is strong. My heart is strong. My lungs are strong. My muscles are strong. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I run into Rapha. And I am fully restored in my body. Fully restored in my body. Father, thank You for a revelation of Your of your gifts, your gates and your towers to this body in the coming days. For things I've released will come back from them greater and deeper than I've ever known. And I thank you for that in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.
0: Jesus, build us. Jesus, build us like the living stones of God build us into your your house. Keep building us, Lord. Keep building us into your house, in your house and your city. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. We do run into you, a strong tower. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Melinda. Looking forward to this afternoon. Bless you back, Lord Jesus. We receive this word, and we we pray that it's it's a it's a um, a continually speaking word. We want we want to take it what we've heard this morning, take our notes and so forth, looking at it. Look at it again again. Look at it again. Let the Lord speak to us again uh, and deepen what Phil has released this morning, Lord. We want to re- listen and hear and follow through in Jesus' name. You guys have a great week. Love you online. Love you. Have a great week.